to Add to Cart, the show where we celebrate creativity and commerce. In this season, we are welcoming founders who are doing amazing things in different parts of e-commerce in innovative ways that you haven't seen before. All types of e-commerce, but also in all stages of e-commerce. The types of stores and platforms that are unlike anything else you've seen. Their marketplaces, their print-on-demand businesses, their subscription products that are changing the way we buy things online. And today's brand is no exception. And today's guest is no exception. I was working 16-hour shifts at a job in a dress suit and dress shoes. Felt like bricks on my feet. So I figured, okay, I've done everything I can to find more comfortable shoes. Nothing really existed. So I put an image online. I got a quarter million hits on this design and ended up meeting this local Italian cobbler who said, I'd love to make these shoes for you. And I go, great. So be $1,600. So I volunteered to work in the shop every Saturday for the next four months and became a shoe cobbler. And like you're keeping your day job working yeah. at this talent agency, but you're making shoes on the weekends. Yeah. What are you learning? Uh, that shoes have not changed in construction for about 200 years and they wear that as a badge of honor. So hundreds of years of unchanged craftsmanship. And so just the next after the next after the next of classic Italian construction, I stripped it all out. I ended up with a shoe that flexed and breathed and felt like socks on my feet. We started to do some uh, of the you know pop-ups here like the Denver Flea and those different markets. And we would sell a lot there. Like once people could see it and touch it and, and experience it in real life, they were purchasing. So we're like, oh, we need to do more of this, find some retail space. And we couldn't find anything that we loved or could afford at the time. But I found out the house that I purchased was uh, zoned for mixed use. So mm. it used to be an attorney's office and just decided to sell the bags out of it. And then pretty soon agents would come in and see some of the furniture and they asked, hey, what, why don't you do this in our homes? And we'd pay to do it. It's called staging. I said, yeah, let's try it out. And um, a few years later, we're here. <laughs> Jawa is a response to my own experience of the wild, wild west of figuring out what do I need to build a computer? Where do I buy it? And how do I know if it's a good price? And the experience to date is you're kind of like have 25 tabs open and then you end up just clicking out and giving up because it's too much. So especially during the supply shortage. So at this time specifically in 2020, there was like the, the shelves were empty at Micro Center because of the chip shortage. And so people had to look at secondhand marketplaces sometimes for the first time. You might look at Amazon or Newegg to find components. They're out of stock. So then you have more people going to secondhand marketplaces like Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace. But it's just very unclear if you can, if the component's gonna be legit, if it's gonna work once you get it home, and if it doesn't. Do you have any buyer protections? Like many startups, it was born out of a personal pain point where I, like you, was realizing how much stuff a little human needs, how expensive it is, and for how short of a period you use these items. And so I was told to just join a mom's group and, online, and it was this Facebook group. And I ended up um, finding someone who had this stroller, and I drove across town, and I, like, brought my three-month-old daughter, like carrying her up to her house, and I walk in and she had these massive dogs. It was like this awful experience and the stroller had flat tires. And oh, fun. I was like, okay, I'm, here's the cash. And it was like the most awkward, awful experience. And I went back to, went back home. I was like, this is uh, crazy. Why hasn't someone solved this? Like there's gotta be a better way. And there really wasn't a solution I could find. And I sent actually a survey out to that same mom's group. And I just said, is anyone else in the same boat? And I had, 
100 responses of other moms. Wow. And I had 80% uh, said that they were in the same boat and 70 families signed up to be part of our a beta group if I was gonna do something about it. And that was uh, six years ago. I would just <laughs> interview people as well as I did surveys and all of that. But the things that I was hearing, people were going through hoops that I had never heard before. They're like, oh no, I got it, here's what you do. So when you get the bottle, then you you get, you get take another bottle, and then you rinse the bottle, but then you take a, a, you know, a thing and you put it in here and then you pour it, but you don't wanna pour it too far, so you gotta tap it a couple times. So then you gotta rinse off the top, but then you put a plastic thing over it and then you put a top on it, then you put another plastic thing over it, then you put it in the bag and then you're ready to. And I'm like, you did all that for one bottle, for two, not even two ounces of a product. We had no data, right? And so, like, we knew that the category was about a billion dollars. We had no idea that, you know, Walmart owned 30% of that, right? Mm. Um, and so we're trying to build this microwave popcorn brand in natural, and we started with Whole Foods. So Whole Foods was our biggest um, and first customer. They believed in it. We had the opportunity to launch into pretzels, and so we actually made the decision to take microwave popcorn out of Whole Foods with the buyer and really push pretzels mm. because the, the pretzel category is big and the microwave popcorn category, we, we really started pushing that into Target and Kroger, right? I think in particular, one of the things that we saw was like, you had this market where people would pay thousands and thousands of dollars for interior design and then you had people that weren't consuming interior design at all. And so I was always saying, and I still say this, our biggest competitor is non-consumption. It's, oh, I'll try and put it together myself. Mm. And our perspective is, hey, for just a little bit, we can give you a bit of professional guidance. That doesn't mean you can't collaborate and bring your ideas to the table and, again, find the joy in sort of doing it yourself. But, like, we can bring a thoughtful eye to, to this and it won't, it won't really break the bank for you. And so we really wanted to create a price that was very accessible. And again, subsequent rooms are only $1.99, so really you can do your whole home for not very much money. A third of baby and kid gear is already acquired secondhand. Wow. And, and it's because they're made to withstand an apocalypse, but you use it for like a day sometimes or you know four times and then what do you do with it? So I mean the, the stuff doesn't go anywhere and so it goes back into circulation and most um, brands are realizing that they can either pretend this doesn't exist or they're, they're seeing, no, our customers want this. Our customers are asking for items that are not brand new and they want to participate in the secondhand economy. And so instead of ignoring it, why don't we participate in it? And we work with some of the most premium brands and it really, what they want is that their brand is um, upheld. So that, you know, an item that is broken doesn't go back and another family uses it and God forbid a child gets hurt. And it's the last thing that any brand wants. And so by working with us, we're able to ensure that every item that goes to a family is safe. Tell us about the day you wake up to a Beyonce moment. Oh yeah, in 2021, Beyonce dropped her Black Parade album. And with that, she created a page on her website, the Black Parade Route. And what she had done is worked with Zarina Akers, who did like all of her amazing like costuming and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And they curated a site of black owned brands within, it was not only beauty, there was art, there was all kinds of stuff, accessories. And so they created the site. I did not know this because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so I wake up one morning and I get a DM into the Black Travel Box page that's like, click here, oh my God, I can't believe it. And I was like, that is fake. I'm sure this is fake. I'm not clicking on it. I don't need any cooties on my phone. 
Let's not do this. Okay. Um, and it took a couple, I started, I kept getting them and I was like, this is clearly spam, but clicked on it and saw we were the one of the first 12 brands, 12 beauty brands on there. And my face is on Beyonce's website. Like that's, it was just incredible. So tell us about how Ask a Urologist works and how you came up with this idea. Yeah, you hit on something that's really big is that a lot of times people have questions, but then when you get in the doctor's office, you go blank, you forget to ask, you think that it's not important, you feel rushed, right? So if we can create a lane where we can answer questions in this short form video, Let's do it, right? So that's where the Ask the Urologist concept came from. How did you use Discord in the early days and how are you using Discord now to keep getting the word out about Jawa? We are very much community driven and community first, so much so that we started by building a Discord community before launching our product. Um, because our user base is so informed and so opinionated, I wanted to build something that I knew would have their buy-in. And from there it really grew to now it's a space where people who are interested in tech and interested in gaming just hang out. My team and myself are in our Discord communicating with our core sellers and buyers. They're the ones who are testing out new features for us because we are authentic and transparent with them and they've had such bad experiences with other marketplaces, they're just highly invested in our success. I mean, we've had people get Jawa tattoos. We have someone on our Discord whose name is must break Jawa and all he does is try to find bugs and then report them to our dev team and then we give <laughs> them a little free? bounty. Yes. <laughs> so people just hang out giving free advice on, oh, that's a good deal, that's a bad deal. Oh, you, you know, here's a parts list that you should use. So the fact that they have all this knowledge and they want to share it, they just love the fact that we're actually using it in a way that they can see on our website. And for the sellers, it actually helps them kind of build and grow their business and make money. We've actually A-B tested this. We have a style survey. So you can come onto Havenly's website and you can pick through images and that's how we sort of assign you a designer because mm. we, we use that to identify your style. What we found is when we use 3D images, conversion drops because there's something about photos and like you can ask the consumer and they won't be able to fully pinpoint what it is. Mm. But that beautiful photo, that like beautiful like spread of this amazing home that really just speaks to you. There's something about it your brain knows. Your brain knows. And wow. so we continue to invest in photography because like to be perfectly honest like we're selling a lifestyle and like it is not you can't just do that with sort of computer generated images when we're looking at short form video doing stuff on TikTok, doing some reels which was way outside of our comfort zone sure. for Lindsay and I. It's out of the comfort zone of a lot of founders. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, it's a lot of awkward talk. Oh, it's very, okay. it's very awkward. And I tend to be one of the most open, liberal, let's talk about your vaginal health, let's do this. My entire career has been around STIs, talking about herpes, talking about all sorts of things that make people very uncomfortable. What an incredible career. I know, I have right? a career where I got used to talking about <laughs> herpes. Okay. I know. I mean, the joke is like, I've pretty much stayed in the same four to six inch region my entire career. Career. But <laughs> so, so, but taking that from like a one-on-one -on -one conversation to actually amplifying it on social media is is a whole other realm of uncomfortable. And then the photography that goes along with that, where you know, can you show a woman in a bathroom and it be classy and not come across as like dirty or gross, mm -hmm. right? 
We moved from launching and no one knowing what our brand is to the number one most gift requested health and safety shoe on Amazon. And I would say that the Amazon shopping experience is not a particularly visually appealing mm. experience. You're going through a CRM. So the fact that we can have A plus content and actually tell a story on Amazon or Amazon, it's, it's Amazon brand. It's not your brand store brand and everything else with just going through the product to product product. So that A plus page is a way that we can actually share a little bit more about our tone and voice. It adds a lot of validity to the product. With Amazon, when you only have zero, one, two reviews, it's, is this even a real product? So that A plus content page, the fact that you have quality produced assets, videos and imagery that's there, gives a lot of instant brand trust on the store page. It gives you a lot of visibility about what is this brand, what is the flavor, because you don't get a brand voice and tone and credibility from, here's my product shot, you can buy it in these sizes. We've made this conscious de decision uh, to lean into Amazon um, because that is where the consumer hmm. is. Um, and so we're finding success in Amazon um, for sure. You know, the reviews are there, uh, people understand what they're buying, um, they're buying stuff on Amazon anyway. So it's, it's much easier for them um, when you're just going on to a site just to buy a couple of boxes, especially when you have so much to do and life is insane.